a wonderful day today. We're going to be taking a look at Bitcoin's chart as we now see a 20% decline from the recent high here that was set on February 10th of 2020. And this is all in alignment with what we've seen with the stock market seeing record lows in a short amount of time with the S&P 500, the Dow seeing over a thousand point drop on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday ending the week as one of the worst weeks since the financial crisis of 2008. So we're going to be taking a look at Bitcoin's major support levels alongside with its resistance levels to see where the bearish and bullish case is here for Bitcoin. And alongside with that, we're also going to be taking a look at some headlines. As you guys can see, we've got some amazing headlines here, including looking at Bitcoin transactions per day, hitting these new highs at 368,000 transactions per day and why this is a very important fundamental indicator when looking at this chart. And then when we look at the massive bond buying that's going on right now, sending yields to historic lows, we're going to be talking about why this is exactly where we're seeing the majority of liquidity going towards versus Bitcoin and gold. We're also going to be covering the Fed, uh, the Fed's announcing here that they are going to uh, step in to, you know, boost the economy, which is interesting because, of course, in the past, we've seen interest rate cuts uh, and, and now they are talking about possibly doing this uh, as early as March. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about some uh, two factor authentication issues that are happening right now with the Google Authenticator app. And I think that's very important for you guys to know and some other headlines. So looking at this main chart here, we're going to be taking a look at these major levels here. If we actually look at this weekly chart that we have pulled up here, there's this major red area here, this red line, which is a 50 week moving average. You can see here right around that $8,500 level is an extremely important level that I'm going to be talking about here, as well as several other areas within the daily chart. Now, if we look at the 100 day moving average, you can also see we've got that right here in light blue at this bottom area also acting as a potential level of support in the future. If we continue to see downside, you can see just today here in the last hour, we saw a push back up towards that 200 day moving average. And that is also now acting as a major level of resistance for Bitcoin. So we're going to be drawing out all these levels because I'm going to talk about where I potentially see the bullish and bearish case for Bitcoin. I see we have a ton of live audience members here. Malik coach K buddy. Glad to have you guys on. We're also going to be giving away mastering Bitcoin at the end of this live stream. So if you guys want to win this book, make sure to like the video and subscribe to our channel if you guys have not already. But I'm going to talk about the levels I'm watching. As you guys can see, we've currently got the 50 week moving average, the 200 uh, day uh, moving average here as resistance, as well as the 100 day moving average here as a potential level of support. And the next channel that I want you guys to focus on here is if we pull up this daily chart, you can see there's this parallel channel forming, which we'll go ahead and draw out here, which is extremely important because it coincides uh, with exactly what we're looking at here. If we actually pull up this uh, channel, let me go ahead and draw this out for you guys. We'll actually take uh, this channel here. Um, let me go ahead and actually just use. Let's see what we can use for this. Uh, we'll go ahead and draw this out with some trend lines here. Or actually, if you want, we'll just use a parallel channel. So you've got this level of resistance here. You can see where we've previously found resistance and now we actually found support along this channel. We can actually draw this down to around this area that also 
is an area of support right now and that's hanging right above that 100 day moving average so i think this is extremely important for you guys to watch here because if bitcoin sees any levels below this resistance here of around that 8300 mark I would be extremely cautious to enter any long positions because at that point there is a high possibility that we're going to be dropping towards this high volume area of 7500 and i think if we do drop down to that 7500 it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing because when we look at a weekly chart you can see here if we actually sorry let's go ahead and actually draw this out on a daily you can see we've got this triangle forming here that could potentially go ahead and act as the next level for bitcoin to bounce off of before seeing any more bullish momentum you can see if we draw that out with this previous resistance uh, that was here right around that june 2019 area and taking the resistance that we found here recently at that third or that ten thousand four hundred dollar area you can see there's that high possibility of us hitting that seventy five hundred dollar level where there's also a cme gap and so that is a very high uh, uh you know probability if we break this 100 day moving average alongside with uh, all of these other support levels that we went ahead and drawn out and of course if we start heading into this channel that chance becomes higher and higher and so if i were to give you guys and if you were to ask me hey naeem what is the max level that you would uh, take here as a support for bitcoin before assuming 7500 i would just take this area right here where this was the 200 week moving or i'm sorry the 50 week moving average and take it down to this previous bottom that recently occurred here and i would say that 8250 level is a very important level to watch because any bounce above 8250 could be bullish but anything below 8250 in my opinion is where we start seeing that bearish case and that bearish scenario and so outside of that if we want to talk about the bullish scenario here it's going to be pretty simple if you guys want to understand uh you know uh the the fact that you know bitcoin over the last couple of weeks have you know has been in a bull run uh so it is currently still in a bull run uh that in my opinion is very valid uh, until we see that confirmation of that 8250 break for us to assume that we might be heading into a consolidation area or a potential uh, bearish scenario because anything below that 8250 area is going to give the bears a little bit more room to take control of price action and so the bullish scenario for me is going to be for us to go above that 200 day moving average as soon as possible and i say as soon as possible because that 50 day moving average right now recently created that gold cross as you guys can see here with the 50 day rising above the 200 day moving average and that was extremely bullish for bitcoin but since then we've only seen a pullback and we've only seen bearish price action however if we're able to continue uh, to see any more upside above that 200 day moving average then i don't believe that 50 day will then cross below the 200 day which would then put us back under a death cross and that's not where we want to be we want to stay above that 200 day moving average and eventually above that 50 day moving average so that this golden cross can be confirmed and we're not back under a death cross because you can see the last time we went into a death cross scenario we saw price action top out at around 10,500 like we did recently but then bottom out at that $6,600 mark and so I don't believe we'll see the 6,000s anytime soon but I definitely could see 7,500 if we break that 8,250 level not only to 
go ahead and uh, you know fill that CME gap at 7500 but also to bounce off of this ascending support line that was actually created here even since the the area of uh, price action where we were around that $3,500 mark and so if you guys uh, agree with this analysis I'd love to hear your questions in the live chat I see we have Chris Omo Mark Maxwell Dino die PS Jermaine on the live stream good to have you guys on hey and I am good to see you thank you so much good to see you guys Chris says the CME gap will likely get filled before we go to 11,000 yeah you know I, I'm really telling you right now if we're not able to go above this 200 day moving average anytime soon things are just looking more and more bearish however for now this could still be a healthy pullback and this could still be the completion of the cup and handle here because if you guys look at this chart and you see what's actually happening you can see we topped out at the exact area that we previously topped out at and so this could certainly go ahead and still form a cup and handle and then finally break out of this ascending uh, or this uh you know a triangle that's forming right now on the uh, daily and the weekly and so you know there's a high chance that we could still see some bullish momentum uh, however that 8250 is going to be my max downside uh, before exiting any long positions uh, because at that point there's that high chance that we could see that $7,500 level because you can see we're going to go right back into this previous channel that really uh, took up a lot of time since June of 2019 up until around January of 2020 we stuck in this channel and we finally broke out of that but right now we're testing that so you know I think so far this is a very healthy correction and we're going to talk about what's happening in the stock market what's happening with gold um, as well as you know really why we're not necessarily seeing liquidity pour into Bitcoin after the stock market seeing uh, a huge correction recently uh, you know and you know Bitcoin being this quote-unquote storage of value why didn't capital flow in or is capital waiting to flow in I think that's the biggest question here and I'd love to hear your guys's opinion of why you think capital has yet to go into Bitcoin if it's quote-unquote a storage of value as it's supposed to be like gold um, you know I think that's a major question that we have to ask uh, and for those of you that don't understand the fundamentals of Bitcoin if you guys win this book mastering Bitcoin this goes into full depth of Bitcoin. It's almost like a textbook from college just about Bitcoin. So uh, we're going to be giving this away to one of you guys watching at the end of this live stream uh, as we ask a question. But one thing I definitely want to go into is what about the altcoins? A lot of people are asking about altcoins. So there's very uh, you know, there's, there's some very clear signs here of what's happening with altcoins uh, and so I'm going to talk about uh, whether or not altcoins are going to continue to be bullish or bearish over the next few days so when we look at altcoins here you can see looking at this chart we're currently finding resistance right around that 50-day moving average and in the past the 50-day moving average has acted as support as you can see here in January you can also see here in the past it's acted as resistance if we saw the altcoins starting to see strength and right now it is price action is below all three moving averages and so that 50-day moving average right now is acting as a major resistance for Bitcoin dominance and if it does not break above that 50-day moving average anytime soon I can certainly see an altcoin season continue to prolong into the next coming months especially because of the fact that when we look at the actual uh, you know uh, technicals here and you see what's actually happened over the the, the, the the recent time you can see that 50 day moving average crossed below 
that 200-day moving average so that we are now under a death cross when it comes to Bitcoin dominance. So altcoins could certainly see some strength. You can see here from January to around early February, we saw a major drop in Bitcoin dominance. And that was really around the time that we started to see a lot of these altcoins gain momentum. And so for us to stay below this 50 day moving average, I think altcoins can continue to see strength when it comes to Satoshi value. But that obviously doesn't translate into USD value if Bitcoin doesn't continue to see bullish momentum. And so I think it's extremely important to understand that anything below the 50 day moving average for Bitcoin dominance means uh, that you know things are quite bullish for altcoins, uh, but anything above would be uh, more bullish uh, for Bitcoin gaining more dominance, uh, and then altcoins being more of a uh, you know in a bearish scenario. And so I think that's extremely important uh, to keep in mind here. Uh, and then outside of that, I think another important fact for you guys to to understand here is when we look at transactions per day. If you see here, just today alone. We went ahead and etched a new high that we have yet to seen. Uh, you know, we really haven't. We have not seen a high like that since uh, July of 2019. And so you can see here, we're starting to see Bitcoin transactions per day rising up. And so you know, as much as people want to say it's not acting as a hedge against what's happening in the stock market, uh, we can certainly say that there are a lot more transactions occurring right now with Bitcoin. As a matter of fact, I had a buddy of mine. Uh, yesterday, he said, hey, man, is it possible for you to uh, accept Bitcoin for me? I have a client uh, that wants to pay me in Bitcoin. Um, and I was like, hey, why don't I just teach you how to do it? And so I taught him how to accept Bitcoin from his client in Australia. And so, you know, that's obviously just a one off scenario. But the fact of the matter is you can see we just saw a huge push up in Bitcoin transactions per day at three hundred and sixty eight thousand transactions per day. And this was a clear sign for us to predict the bottom of the recent bear market, because anytime we start to see Bitcoin transactions per day starting to trend up, price action typically follows to the upside. Uh, and, and so if you look at what we posted here on TradingView recently, you can see here, this is when we started to see Bitcoin transactions per day starting to go up. And that was around that $7,500 area. And that's where we called the bottom, which thankfully ended up translating into the actual bottom. And so Bitcoin transactions per day looking extremely strong uh, amongst the you know bearish price action that we are starting to see when it comes to Bitcoin. Uh, but you know, we really can't, uh, you know, uh, say that this is that bearish because at the end of the day, uh, as you can see here, uh, we're still in a potential cup and handle formation. We're still above the channel here that uh, that parallel channel that was uh, forming for such a long time. Uh, and then, uh, you know, yes, we are below that 200 day moving average, which is not a good thing, in my opinion. Uh, but at the end of the day, we, we have that 100 day moving average holding us. And then most importantly, what I'm watching right now is that 200 week moving average. Of course, I'm fine if price action goes just a bit below that because you know, once again, it's not a perfect market, uh, but that 8250 level is really where I'm watching right now uh, to potentially determine whether or not this is going to turn into a more bearish scenario or if it's going to go straight into more of a bullish scenario. And so, um, you know, what's really important to understand is, you know, let's say we do break that 8250 area and we start to head down towards that $7,500 area. I can certainly say if that 8250 does break, then we are going to most likely go ahead and start to see that $7,500 level. But now we're giving bears much more of a chance to break us below this 
major ascending support level which could then look a lot uglier for bitcoin and so that's really where we don't want things to go uh, so right now that 8250 in my opinion is a major level for us to hold in order to assume that the bears uh, are not going to just take control out of nowhere and that the bulls still have a strong chance uh, at keeping price action to the upside and so you know really my ideal scenario here is sooner or later we get above that 200 day moving average and then from there that could still uh you know uh that, that could act as a strong support for us uh to then complete the formation of this handle and then finally break out from that resistance area to then go ahead and see those new highs of around that uh twelve thousand um you know five hundred dollar area and then eventually back to that recent top that we saw here right around that thirteen hundred uh Thirteen point eight thousand dollar area, uh, and of course continuation, um, you know, uh, further from there. And so, hopefully, you guys uh, agree or disagree. I'd love to hear your uh, opinion in the chat. Uh, until then, we are going to be going into some headlines here that are extremely important because understanding what's happening in the overall, uh, you know, uh, market, not just in Bitcoin, is important right now, especially as we recently saw a huge stock market correction and for those of you that follow me on instagram you guys know uh, i recently even posted on friday that i personally am you know uh, keeping funds outside of traditional markets and into more st uh, strong hedges like bitcoin and gold due to the fact that there are just so many indicators that are showing that we are going to be heading towards a potential recession and so uh, i think these uh, headlines are extremely important for us to go over here uh, but i do want to ask you guys a question here so if people aren't using bitcoin and gold right now as a hedge against this stock market correction then where do you guys think money is going is it just going to cash is it just going uh you know uh to go back in traditional markets once we see a 20 30 40 percent drop i mean what where do you guys think that money is going i think that's an important question here um obviously you know bonds are seeing record uh you know uh, uh lows here when it comes to yields uh, and of course that is showing that a lot of money is going towards bonds um but i'd love to hear from the audience here roadrunner says 9200 would be nice you know if we do head towards that 9200 area what i'd say is you know I, i'd want to see a healthy push up to that 9200 which is right around that 50-day moving average but even a pullback back down to that 200-day moving average to find support at 8700 and then continuing back up would probably be a lot healthier in my opinion uh so you know i, I think that would really be the ideal scenario it's for us to to you know uh, like you said go to that 9200 area find some resistance there maybe bounce on that 200 day moving average before seeing that continuation to the upside i think that would be the most uh important one siad said how's corona scare affecting the price movement well of course you know i think the coronavirus is affecting the overall market in general and we're going to be talking about that here as we go into some of these headlines here so massive bond buying sends yields to historic lows why is this important well you can read here it says fear in the market causes investors to flood into more stable asset classes as investors buy bonds their willingness to take lower returns to protect their funds drives the yield down this fear then sustained over time pushes the overall return for treasuries down to current levels treasuries being those bonds and you can see here it says safe haven the coronavirus storm has led to the buying of safe haven assets during times of economic concern investors pursue such assets for stability 
However, the recent decline in gold, silver, and Bitcoin has left analysts somewhat surprised. And that's exactly what we're talking about now. Why isn't the liquidity going into Bitcoin and gold if is it is in fact a storage of value, right? So you can see here it says some see these asset classes, though safe havens as less stable than bonds because of a lack of government support. Without governmental backing, even the most stable assets are risky. When the market feels most fearful, the lowest possible risk is the appetite. And so we're gonna talk about why government-backed assets to the majority of people seems like a good place to hedge money in a time of crisis. But in my opinion, I think personally, the smarter ones, the ones that think outside the box are realizing that other asset classes like Bitcoin could potentially be a better hedge against uh, you know, a time of crisis. And we're gonna talk about a billionaire on Shark Tank recently saying that Bitcoin could easily go to 100,000 or even a million dollars. Uh, but you can see here to complete this article, it says Bitcoin, gold and others should see increased interest in the near term. So it's showing here that hopefully in the near term, things do change. But you can see here, uh, Powell here, the chairman of the, the Fed, the Federal Bank, opens door to rate cut on evolving risks from virus. And you can see here if you uh, read what he actually announced uh, on Friday, he, they actually po uh, he himself posted an announcement saying the fundamentals of the US economy remain strong. The coronavirus poses evolving risks to economic activity. The Federal Reserve is closely monitoring developments and their implications for the economic outlook. We will use our tools and act as appropriate to support the economy. You know, what's interesting is if you look at what happened in China and we pull up, let's say we just pull up the Shanghai 500 here, right? The CSI 300. This was actually, uh, you know, this is the the, uh, the Shanghai composite here, um, you know, one of China's major markets. And they actually did the same exact thing. The Central uh, Bank of China said, we are going to prop up the market due to these uh, major fears about the virus. And so when the virus fears did eventually hit the market, you can see around that, mid-January area, we dropped all the way down to that 3635 area, printing on paper a decline of almost 15%. And right before we went down to that territory of uh, a bearish market where that's around that 20% mark, uh, you know, we, we, we only saw a correction. A correction is over 10%, but anything over 20% becomes bearish territory. You can see what happened to price action. It just went right back up to the levels it was uh, you know, previously hovering at uh, prior to the virus scare. And so this was really the central bank of China propping up the markets. And so the big question right now is, you know, as when markets open on Monday, uh, you know, if we were to pull up the S&P 500, for example, are we gonna see similar price action with the federal bank propping up the markets by, you know, either pushing interest rates lower uh, or, uh, you know, uh, flooding liquidity into the market, bringing this back up uh, to where it was uh, very similar to what happened, uh, you know, in the, uh, the, the Shanghai composite. Um, you know, and what's interesting is if you do the technical analysis on this chart here, you can see Friday was the first time ever that we saw a bullish close here because you can see previously, you know, we went through the full day of, uh, you know, from 9.30 a.m. Eastern time down to 4 p.m. We ended bearish, ended bearish. Obviously here, we even saw this huge gap, ended bearish. That was day one, day two, day three, day four. And then you can see day five here, Friday was the only time we ended uh, bullish. And so hopefully 
we see a push back up in the traditional markets because Friday looked pretty good. But of course, this could just be a false bottom and we continue to see downside. Uh, but, you know, th there is a major uh, level here that we, we, we recently hit um, that is holding as support. And I think, you know, uh, hopefully on Monday, if the, you know, the, 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 the federal bank really uh, wants to not just cut interest rate, but also push liquidity into the market, we may see a very similar scenario to uh, the, the, you know, the, the Shanghai composite here where uh, we saw this push right back up from the liquidity of them, uh, you know, propping the market back up artificially due to the coronavirus. Uh, and so, you know, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts uh, about what would happen on Monday as well. As soon as, you know, the markets open, do you guys believe that we will see the federal banks push the market back up, uh, not allowing it to see any more downside or not? Because we really just don't know. Um, you know, it's just a really a matter of waiting this out and seeing what's going to happen here. Edward Park says, what are your thoughts on the major alts potentially breaking 2019 highs during this alt season? I think that it's very possible. Like I said, uh, when we did our altcoin, uh, you know, predictions here, it's very simple here, Edward. If you want to understand the health of altcoins, anything above this 50 day moving average would be bullish. So I would watch that 50 day moving average. But if we stay or I'm sorry, bearish and if we stay below this 50 day moving average, then we can quite certainly see more bullish, uh, you know, price action for altcoins. And that's why we've recently posted altcoin signals in our discord group. For those of you not on our discord group, the link is in the dis uh, description below. Uh, it's discord.gg slash profits. Uh, but Edward, as I've mentioned earlier, anything below the 50 day moving average with the 50 day moving average acting as resistance is going to be quite bullish for altcoins because in the past you can see the 50 day moving average has acted as that area of resistance for altcoins to see liquidity push up that's why we saw in october we saw in november uh, we saw here early january altcoins see uh, very good price action it was because we were below that 50 day moving average we recently went through a death cross when it comes to bitcoin dominance and of course when we look at the weekly chart bitcoin dominance has been on a tear back up um, and then if we actually even look at this major level of support and this ascending level of support you can see here uh, we're still holding that support level so we're really at an ultimatum right now not just with bitcoin and whether or not that's going to cross below 82.50 or go back above the 200 day moving average but we're also in an ultimatum with altcoins edward in the fact that we're holding this ascending support line on the weekly we did test it by breaking it you can see we pierced through it and then when we look at the shorter time frames at a more micro scale you can see we're still below that 50-day moving average and so at this point we're you know it's really going to be a matter of time a couple days until we find out whether or not we're going to continue to see bullish action for all coins or if we're going to see uh, you know, altcoins see, uh, you know, uh, bearish action uh, action with us going above that 50 day moving average. So I think that's important to understand, you know, uh, obviously Bitcoin dominance could certainly be quite overbought right now. And altcoins could certainly see a push up, you know, Ethereum 2.0 coming out soon. Lots of headlines on that Cardano, lots of headlines on Cardano. Um, and, and so, you know, I didn't want to go too much into altcoins, but I hope that helps a little bit with understanding uh, the health of altcoins and, and where that's headed right now. Um, and, and so let's see if there's any other questions here. Let's see here. Abasco said, what's your take on the Cardano project? I don't want to go too much into uh, altcoins on this video. because I want to complete some of these headlines that are extremely important. Victorino on 
Twitter says we're in a start of a recession. Let's see. Babajian on Twitter says no asset backing this. Your assumptions are all false. No asset backing this. Well, understand the fact that Bitcoin is limited in quantity. And at the end of the day, it's a very uh, simple way to send transactions over the border. So for you to say that it has nothing backing it, uh, I would question you by looking at this article here. And you can see here a billionaire shark tank investor Bitcoin over gold for the long game touts shark investors. So if you want to question a billionaire, you don't have to question me, buddy. You can question a billionaire. You can see here says, quote unquote, I think the price of Bitcoin on a long term basis will quintuple. Adding that a $100,000 Bitcoin and a $1 million Bitcoin price doesn't sound crazy. Bitcoin is just convenient. You know, and it's funny, like I mentioned earlier in the video, I had a friend call me yesterday. He's like, hey, I have a client. He wants to wire me $40,000 right now. However, he's in Australia. There's tons of ways we can do this, but is there a way that we can do this in Bitcoin? I said, yeah, man. Uh, and he, he asked me, he was like, could, could you do this transaction for me? I was like, why don't I just teach you how to do it? Go open up a Kraken account, you know, uh, get your KYC done. It's going to allow you to accept higher verification uh, level, uh, and, and which uh, increases your limits. Uh, and then you can go ahead and just give him your wallet address, send it, liquidate to USD and then deposit into your bank account. And he did exactly that. And I think he ended up paying like $100 in fees for a $40,000 transaction coming from Australia to the United States for a client. Uh, and so, you know, Bitcoin is just convenient. So when you say, well, what's, you know, what's the, the what's backing Bitcoin? I think what's backing is the fact that it's not controlled by a government. It's not controlled by a bank or a central bank. Um, and at the end of the day, it is extremely convenient in the fact that with gold, you can't just go ahead and send somebody $40,000 in gold and have them liquidate that with a snap of a finger, you know, versus with Bitcoin where you can do something like that, especially as we've, you know, seen platforms and exchanges evolve over the last three to four years. You know, when I got into Bitcoin, let, you know, let's say uh, I remember eight years ago when you couldn't even get onto an exchange and buy Bitcoin. It was only wallet to wallet transfers. And the only people that could produce Bitcoin were the miners. Right. And that's still the case. You know, that's the only way you can produce Bitcoin. But, you know, now you can just go on an exchange and get some Bitcoin. And so um, you can see here it says this shark is secretly a whale. I thought that was funny. Uh, but it's, it's interesting that, he, you know, he says that, you know, he believes and you can, I'm sure you guys recognize his face on Shark Tank. For those of you that watch Shark Tank, a huge show. This is a very, very renowned respected billionaire saying this. Um, but it's interesting. He says a hundred thousand because when you guys look at the the chart that we recently posted on TradingView, uh, when we called the bottom around 7,500, uh, you can see so far we've followed that to the upside, uh, but that target was right around that $100,000 area being the fact that you look at this, uh, you know, at, you know, uh, this, uh, parallel channel, um, and the way we, you know, the way we kind of talked about how, you know, with these, uh, these, fundamentals coming into play into 2020 with the hall being coming up where we're going from miners only being able to have 12.5 Bitcoin as a reward to now only uh, six point whatever Bitcoin as a reward. Uh, that is a huge fundamental factor where we're seeing a decrease in supply. Uh, so, you know, um, and, and understand prices only fluctuate on supply and demand. And so you have to ask yourself, are the, are the miners going to accept $9,000 of Bitcoin when they're only producing half as much, or are they going to want 20,000 now, 30,000, maybe 40,000, maybe if not a hundred thousand. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think having a strategic game plan is the most important aspect here, uh, versus just 
cutting something off the table completely, uh, especially an asset class that proved itself in 2017 by hitting that $20,000 level. I mean, I think that was a huge, uh, you know, um, way to, to kind of prove the fact that there is some value here uh, and it's not just throwing mud up against the wall. So PS says, would it not be that investors simply take out their assets and money and hold accounts without necessarily investing in anything? Why does it have to be moving money from one investment to another? Well, it's because if you hold cash, you're already losing through inflation, right? So just holding cash, you're down 3%. And so traditionally what happens is people will hedge and buy, you know, short-term or long-term treasury bonds. And, and so um, that's exactly what's happening right now. But, you know, when, when you see such a huge influx, now we're seeing those yields going to historic lows because the more people that hedge in it, the less they're going to return. Uh, so this is, you know, quote unquote, one of the safest asset classes that you can invest in. But at the end of the day, you don't want to hold cash. I mean, when you're holding cash, anybody that just holds cash in the bank, you know, if you've got over 10,000 in cash in the bank, I think that's quite, you know, uh, unwise of you because of the fact that you're losing to inflation already 3% a year. Uh, and so that's why, you know, people move their money in different asset classes. Uh, I think that's important. So quick headline here. I wanted to talk about Bitcoin wallets may be in danger as new Trojan can promise Google two factor. Uh, pretty important to understand this. You know, uh, there's been a new uh, uh, malware found that is going into phones and they're able to access your Google Authenticator app, getting your codes. Uh, a lot of people hold their, uh, you know, codes on Android phones. Um, I just wanted to kind of touch over this and mention uh, me personally, I utilize in a phone that doesn't even have uh, any sort of cellular network and I do not even connect it into uh, any Wi-Fi network, uh, nor do I use any sort of uh, Bluetooth on the phone. Um, and, and I use that to hold my two-factor authentication uh, because you don't necessarily need uh, Wi-Fi cellular connectivity or any of that to have that authenticator app. Um, and if I were you, I would go and just buy like a prepaid phone from uh, any sort of, you know, uh, Walmart or whatever, Publix, Walgreens, uh, any, you know, any sort of department store, 20, 30 bucks for a prepaid phone. You can go ahead and download the Google Authenticator app and that could prevent uh, that malware from coming into play because uh, you, you don't want to be holding your Google Authenticator app on the phone that you use on a day-to-day -day basis. It should be on a phone that you either lock up in a safe, you put into a bank safe, whatever it might be, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, that could hold a lot of uh, value. And then if you're smart, you want to create a backup of that as well, because if you lose that, you're kind of screwed. And so uh, just be aware of that. You know, I think that was pretty important because a lot of people, they really took on a lot of safety on the fact that Google Authenticator can't be hacked. But obviously, uh, that's changing here very soon. So Edward says, thank you very much. I got to look back on BTC Domus since when it had its run up in 2019. Awesome, man. Chris almost says, truth is we're long overdue for a correction. Coronavirus is just a trigger, but the market fundamentals have been pointing to a recession for a while. Oh, 100%. Uh, but you have to understand that uh, over recent times, uh, you know, especially with uh, the trade deals that have recently been put into place, um, you know, if you look at how much China is now obligated to buy from us, um, you know, how much industries are going to increase, um, you know, uh, production, uh, outside of what, what's happening with the coronavirus, things are looking really well. Uh, and of course, if you guys have been in other market recessions, you know, you know, we've been through the swine flu, we've been through Ebola, we've been through a lot of these uh, quote unquote crisis. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the end of the, it was funny, I saw I saw a headline uh, and it said, um, you know, for people selling their stocks off right now, uh, when we're seeing record 
numbers, uh, you know, worst week since 2008, uh, it said, well, if you're selling your stocks and there is a pandemic, well, you're going to be, uh, you, you already lost money and you're going to die anyways versus just hold on to it. And if there is a pandemic, you're just going to die anyway. So it doesn't matter if it continues to go down. But if there isn't one, then you'll make more money when they go back up. And so I think that was a funny thing to put into perspective. But, you know, I think things can be controlled. Um, matter of fact, why don't we give away this book here, Mastering Bitcoin to one of you guys watching. Uh, just make sure to like this video if you guys want to participate in this giveaway. And then uh, you can uh, message me your information. I'll ship this straight out to you guys. One day shipping. Uh, but the question to win the book here is, will the coronavirus become a pandemic or not? I think that's an important question <laughs> for those of you that don't know the definition of a pandemic. Sorry for hitting the mic. Maybe I'll go ahead and explain that to some of you guys that don't. Um, so understand the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic epidemic is an outbreak of disease that attacks many people at about the same time and may spread through one or several communities. A pandemic though is when an epidemic spreads throughout the world, infectious diseases, diseases that you can catch the, you know, so is it going to be a world pandemic? Uh, or is it just going to stay as a, you know, a, a more of a isolated scenario? I'd love to hear you guys' opinion on the coronavirus. Obviously, that's the big topic right now uh, with every major uh, news um, branch here right now. So, Coach Chase says, that's much better than a Western Union fee. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. $100 for 40000 I actually, when I was speaking in Arizona recently in Phoenix um, to, to a group of entrepreneurs, uh, I was talking about the importance of cryptocurrencies. Um, you know, you can actually uh, see the video on uh, my Instagram. And I actually said, uh, you know, that exact thing to them um, when I was talking about why cryptocurrencies are so important. Um, you know, I actually talked about if you guys uh, I'll pull up my Instagram here for you guys to see. Um, I talked specifically about uh, Western Union fees and why. You know exactly what you just said is very true here. I'll pull, I'll pull up this desktop audio a little bit here so you can listen to this. Let me give you an example of why cryptocurrencies aren't so important. You know, I, I used to live in Orlando, Florida, so there were a lot of uh, students that would come from foreign countries. It was called the Disney College Program. Uh, the majority of them f were from either the Philippines, China, or they used to, you know, in Epcot, where they have different countries at the park, they would get students uh, from each specific country. So in Mexico, they would get Mexican college program students uh, and so forth. But let's just take a Filipino college program student in Disney working in Orlando, making minimum wage in the college program, which is like, let's say $7 an hour in Florida. I think it's eight fifty now. That, that college student wants to send money back to their family in the Philippines, right? But guess what? They go to Western Union, they have to pay a $75 international transfer fee. So that's a big deal. That $75 is a month worth of income for their family that they could just bypass by using something like cryptocurrencies to exchange that value. Let me give you an example of why cryptocurrency. So I think that was very important that you uh, mentioned that. Um, so, you know, I thought it was funny that you mentioned that, Coach K, because I actually did use that example exactly um, when I was talking at a, a you know, a seminar in Arizona. But you know, I think fundamentally, you know, Bitcoin has a lot of great things. Uh, you know, once again, just to wrap up this analysis, uh, pretty simple here at this point. These are the two major levels of support that I'm watching right now in red. If we do break below that 8250 level, I think things could get quite, I wouldn't say bearish, but I, I think they can get quite uncertain because at that point, it gives bears a better chance of 
taking control of what's happening, especially being back into this blue parallel channel. Anything above this green dotted line here, which is that 200 day moving average would be extremely healthy for Bitcoin because now we're going to be above that. We may see some resistance right around that $9,200 area as uh, one of you uh, one of you guys mentioned earlier. Yes, we might pull back down to around 87.97 at that 200 day moving average, but it allows us to prevent and avoid a potential death cross. Um, it also allows us to potentially, uh, you know, confirm the cup and handle here that could potentially form. Um, and so if that cup and handle forms and we could certainly see a major breakout to the upside, uh, you know, and the reason I think the cup and handle is such a valid point is we've already got one confirmation and that was from topping out the exact level that we previously topped out at in October of 2019. So we've already done some of the hard work for the cup and handle to form. And that hard work was topping out the exact same level as we did in October of 2019. And so now we just have to have one more thing happen. And that's for us to see a push back up to the upside. And a lot of people are saying, well, where's the volume? We're seeing a decline in volume. Well, if you guys understand what a cup and handle is, then you'll know that we want to see a decline in volume when looking at a potential cup and handle. And the reason I say that is for those of you that are in our discord group, you can see here if we go into the trading patterns area and we look at how a cup and handle is formed, you can see it's exactly the formation that's currently uh, you know, playing out with Bitcoin. And you can see in the description here, a cup and handle pattern gets its name from the obvious pattern, blah, blah, blah. But you can see here it says, while the handle slopes slightly downwards, in general, the right hand side of the diagram has low trading volume. It can last from seven weeks up to around 65 weeks. And so understanding the fact that it could go from six weeks to, you know, uh, where it's at right now. When we look at the longevity of this, you can see so far it's been about 72 days from the middle of this cup to where the handle is forming right now. That's right around that seven week mark. Uh, and so, you know, understand that the, the cup and handle is very likely. Um, it's just, in my opinion, going to be a matter of what happens with the other markets, because, you know, we look at what's going on with gold, for example, if we were to pull up the gold chart here, you can see we, we, we tested this resistance and we failed and we broke right back down into this channel. And so gold broke back, th back down into its channel. You know, the, the question here right now is will Bitcoin break down uh, into the, its ch uh, channel forming here? But, you know, Bitcoin wasn't correlating with gold when gold broke out of the channel, um, you know, recently seeing these all new highs. And so. I think we're starting to lose a bit of correlation when it comes to uh, market structure between gold and Bitcoin. And so I'm not necessarily going off of that as much. Uh, but the truth of the matter here is, you know, you can see gold bouncing off of that 50 day moving average right now, um, finding support there, but it's back into this channel. So, you know, it, it really it started this channel, uh, I would say around August of 2019, where we initially formed that high. Uh, around 1560 and then of course we recently formed that high here around 1600 and then we finally saw a major push up prior to markets going and we actually called this out we i, I actually shorted this myself um, as soon as we saw the break here uh, we shorted it if you guys are in our discord group and the reason we shorted it was because my theory was now that markets have seen a pretty substantial correction uh, I, be, I believe the majority of markets 
uh, have seen at least a 12% correction when it comes to equity markets. Um, I wouldn't be surprised for liquidity to start coming back into these markets because, you know, once again, this is a long time proven equity market. You know, at the end of the day, this S&P 500, the Dow, you know, uh, the, the, these are markets that have been around for a very long time, the NASDAQ, um, and they've performed very well. Of course, there's corrections along the way. Uh, so the, the, the big question right now is, could the coronavirus really cause such a major economic uh, downturn? Uh, and in my opinion, it, it's possible, but it, it's more unlikely than it is likely. But the markets don't go on likely or unlikely. It goes on any sort of uncertainty and people are pulling out of their investments because that's money and people don't want to play with their money. Uh, so if you guys agree with that, say I in the chat. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this video. Uh, I'm going to give away this book to somebody that answered the question here uh, earlier let's go ahead and scroll up here and see who wins the book um, let's see somebody says ask another question for the book okay well I already asked one question let's see PS is about coronavirus we just had the first one in Ireland Sean says no I don't think it will be at that point as only the elderly people with low immune systems are likely for it to be dangerous I agree 100% with that statement. Um, matter of fact, if you guys look at the coronavirus uh, tracker, you can actually see, uh, you know, things are actually getting a lot healthier than what people are uh, making them seem like. Uh, and so a lot of people are making it seem like things are not getting better when in fact they are getting better. Um, so once again, the question was, will the coronavirus become a pandemic or not? Somebody said, why not? No. Somebody says, yes. This is pneumonia is the cause of death. Interesting. So, Sayad said no pandemic. Hey, I am Vazu says I answered a lot of questions. <laughs> Chris Omo, Sean, everyone saying I. Gabriel Molina saying I. Dino Dai says no. Well, let's go ahead and uh, let's see. Sayad Javad Iqbal. He says no pandemic. I like your optimism, so I'm going to pick you to win this book. So send me a message on Discord. For those of you guys that didn't win, we do a book giveaway at every single one of our live streams. Uh, we'll try to go live now Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, this video, and if you guys did, uh, show some support, like the video. Uh, I'll see you guys on the Discord. The link is in the description for those of you that aren't on Discord. Uh, I want to keep this one short. I think we went through some very precise and important information. And I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap this baby up. Let's see. Hey, I am says we don't even have the right medication for flu. What makes you guys think that we will have a cure for Corona? Uh, well, when you look at the John Hopkins uh, chart here, let me show you something really interesting about the coronavirus before we get off of this. Uh, you know, this is the most advanced chart that you can actually uh, use for the coronavirus, in my opinion. Um, and when you look at it, you'll see here that we've got a lot more uh, positive numbers than we do negative numbers. And it's not really what people are talking about. Uh, so if we pull this up here, you can see, see a lot of people, uh, they don't look at this stuff. And I think that's uh, it's foolish because it's important to look at this stuff. You know, so we really started seeing the panic on the 14th on Valentine's Day, if you guys remember, you know, things were fine before Valentine's Day, but we saw the panic. And I think it was because uh, I believe it was 
China, uh, they would not reported a lot of their cases. And so we saw a major increase in cases reported. But of course, that was an anomaly because they forgot to report all of these cases. So this is when panic started. But when you look at the actual numbers right now, there are a lot more people recovering than people that are actually being confirmed with the virus itself. So that's why I'm not necessarily worried about it. You know, I think, you know, these numbers look really good to me. Um, when you look at the logarithmic chart, you can see here, obviously, we, we've got an increase with other locations, but it's because they weren't prepared for it. Uh, but when you look at mainland China, you know, where we've seen the majority of cases, uh, it's really starting to flatten out. So what that means to me is it's something that is controllable. It is something that can be cured and it is something that we could uh, prevent from becoming a pandemic. And so, you know, as much as I don't want to sit here and say, you know, Trump is, uh, you know, not doing a good job or doing a good job. What I will say is when he says that the, you know, the opposing party is politicizing it, I think there's some truth to that being the fact that we've been under 3000 cases for like the last week or so. But of course, when it, this first started or 3000, we've been under 3000 deaths um, for the last week or so. But when this first started, we were seeing five, 600 deaths a day at some point. Um, but of course, when you look at the charts here, things are getting a lot better. And so if you guys want to see this chart, um, it's called the John Hopkins coronavirus uh, interactive chart. So interesting to see that, right? Hey, says he's the best guy to do the job. Dare on Twitter says last year was first of April, biggest first pump over 100 million buy order. Yeah, well, understand that, uh, you know, when you look at history, the top 10 best performing days in the S&P 500, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Dara or Dare, um, is, you know, the top 10 days of the S&P 500, uh, six of them happened within 10 days of the worst days of the S&P 500. And so it's funny because if you miss one of the best performing days in the stock market, your average returns go from 7% a year to like, I think around five or 4%. And if you miss like multiple, you know, it gets to the point where if you miss like four or five of the best days of the stock market, you start having negative overall returns. And so that's why, you know, in some cases it's smart to hold. It really just depends on your scenario. If you're young, you don't really need the liquidity right now. You hold on to it, right? It overall has a, a progression up, but I would just be very careful. You know, that's what I would say. I mean, nobody can predict things. At the end of the day, you know, they're, they're, we can talk about the index bubble. We can get into conspiracy theories. We can get into a lot of things, but the fact of the matter is over the last 150 years, stock markets have performed well. I don't believe we will necessarily uh, see you know, a, 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 a huge, huge, huge push down because of this virus, especially when we look at the fundamentals of what's actually happening. Um, we're seeing a lot more recoveries than we are confirmed cases. Uh, so it obviously it's something that can be controlled, I think is being controlled in the best possible way. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm very proud that, you know, our, our country closed its borders as soon as this even was on the map, right? Because I think that is the reason you, you look at this this chart here and you, you see here, especially in the US, there's very little cases. Um, you know, I like this chart because it shows you the exact locations of each and every case. Um, but obviously, there are countries that were unprepared and th there are seeing, you know, some of these areas here. Beetle Green says, I've been in a few signal groups. All these guys are the best by far. So just trust them. Appreciate that, man. Somebody says, close the short. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to get back on a Discord. I appreciate all of you guys. Michael on 
Twitter says earnings were strong before this dump. Buy opportunity for the long-term outlook. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when, when you're down over 10% and there's a correction, I mean, it, it's hard to, to not see that as a buying opportunity in equity markets, especially for those that invest in those markets. So let's see here. Mark says, life is unpredictable. Take a risk. Let it ride on black. <laughs> Interesting. I like that opinion here. Um, Zabak the midget says, did you boo-boo today? The world above says, I haven't boo-booed in a week. <laughs> Bert says, I boo-boo every day. So that says, warm weather, virus doesn't spread. Interesting theory there. Hey, I am said there'll be two more likes to this correction. Interesting. Michael says still short on Tesla though from 900. I don't think that was a bad idea. You can call some puts on those, huh? Dare says specialty gold after they printed lots of cash, especially gold. Yeah, I mean, especially when they announced on Friday um, that the Fed, the, you know, Federal Bank was going to uh, interfere if they needed to. I, I think that was one of the major reasons when you look at this chart here on the S&P 500, uh, we finally saw a, a bullish close here. You know, when you look at this hourly chart, you can see we got this nice bullish close um, where we broke resistance. If you pull up like a short term 15 minute chart, you can see here exactly what happened. We had this resistance that in the past. You know, we, we weren't breaking above, uh, but right now when you look at, yes, we did break that, but at the end of the day, we still have some strong resistance to break. We've got a lot to a lot to overcome here. Um, you know, we, we've got this parallel channel that was forming. Here's the resistance of that channel. Um, you even got a steeper resistance here that formed. We really started seeing that plunge down. Um, so we've really got some, some strong areas of resistance that we need to, to break past if we want to see this push up again um so you know uh, i think if, if we can obviously go above that 30 50 area then we certainly can get to the point where there's that more uh optimistic outlook where we could potentially see uh you know some some very strong bulls come in and, and for buying pressure to to increase heavily uh, but until then you know we've got a lot to to, to make up right now so um, we wiped out a lot of gains. All of 2020 gains are gone. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where that takes us and where we can go. Uh, Bitcoin right now staying below the 200 day moving average, unfortunately, where you can see here in green. I think as, as long as we stay below that, it's just not looking uh, as good. But we're still in the weekend. Weekends are the most manipulated in the cryptocurrency markets. You know, uh, Sunday is coming tomorrow. Let's see what happens. Uh, if we do see manipulation tomorrow to the downside, I'm only going to take 82.50 before I call it quits on longs and uh, and start trying to look for entries at 75. So uh, I think that $7,500 area is going to be a key level to watch if we break 82.50. Because uh, once again, uh, these levels of support that we have, these two red areas of support here, very important right now for Bitcoin. Um, we've got the... 200 week moving average we've got the 100 day moving average um, and then we've got the resistance of the 200 day moving average and so very important to watch those right now 
Sean says, thank you. You're very welcome. Team Nazar says, MCD. Chris Omo, artificially propped up. It's crashing, dude. Yeah, well, when you look at what happened to the Shanghai Composite when they announced that they were going to step in uh, the Central Bank of China, which is very similar to the, our federal bank, you can see as soon as they saw that push down, they propped it right back up. So uh, as much as the fear brought the markets down, you know, I think it was very similar to the amount of uh, percent drop that we saw here. So we saw about a 14% drop before the federal, uh, the Central Bank of China propped their market up, at least the Shanghai composite. Um, and so if we were to look at, let's say the S&P 500, I think we're right around that 13% as well when we look at all time high to where we're at, we're right around 16%, almost, yeah. So uh, almost bearish territory. We don't wanna hit that 20%, but we're, we're already, you know, we've already corrected for sure. The question is, is it going to go beyond 20% or not? Um, and that's going to unveil itself on Monday open. So, you know, leap, it's leap, it's, uh, it's, it's leap month, right? So it's a leap year. Typically markets do good on leap year, uh, around this time, especially. So let's see what happens, right? So tomorrow's the first, we skip a day. And in the past, it's done very well for markets. And typically, like I said earlier, you know, it was the worst week since 2008. Uh, when you look at the top 10 best performing days in S&P 500 in the history of its market, uh, we've seen that during uh, a 10 period or a 10 day period following the worst day in the stock market. So you don't want to miss those days, right? Hey, Amzu says stocks are more volatile than crypto. I wouldn't say that. Um, maybe this recent leg drop or this recent leg down, but uh, outside of that. Probably not, but I really think a lot of these uh, these markets like gold and Bitcoin are dropping right now, even though there's storages of value and hedges uh, because of the fact that people are saying, oh, well, if this is the case with stock markets, I want to cash out a little bit and put money back into stocks, right? Because it's, you know, that's the traditional route for a lot of investors. They go into equity markets. So weekly close below the 21 EMA is not good, Michael says on Twitter. Interesting. This month, yes. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed this live stream. I did uh, up the quality of uh, uh, equipment. Um, I, I just wasn't satisfied with the microphone that I was using previously. Um, and I've also started utilizing a little bit more advanced techniques here. You know, I can uh, show you guys my face in real time now. I can go big, go small. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys enjoy the quality. Uh, things are only gonna get better. Things are only gonna get more consistent. Uh, and things are just going to continue to be what they are. And I'm excited to cover these markets for you guys. So I'd love to see all of you guys on our discord, very simple discord.gg slash profits. Um, and there's a mobile version so you guys can utilize that. And other than that, thank you all for tuning in, like the video if you enjoyed the content and I will see you guys very soon. So have a great night, have a great weekend and let's see what Monday brings us. Take care, Dare. Take care, Chris. Take care, Edward. Have a good one, Sean. All of you guys on live.